Hey there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who likes to talk shit about movies. We do. We do <laughs> like to talk shit about movies. Um, so today, I'm very excited because I got to introduce Scott to one of like my favorite movies. I know we recently discussed, last time we discussed our absolute 10 top 10 favorite movies, but this movie that we watched today, actually, like we just finished watching it, yes. it's one of my faves from childhood mm -hmm. and watching it again because i haven't seen it in a while watching it again just now like made my heart so very full so i'm i'm very excited to talk about it yeah um so yeah. Let, let me should i paint the picture dear sure paint the picture there a couple weeks ago last week whatever okay so we were at splish splash talking about the expanding water park of the, dreams. Yes, the, the water park of dreams. <laughs> expanding the podcast network. We, we were talking about expanding the Paradigm Podcast Network and talking about certain movies and things that we wanted to talk about on Shoot the Flick. Yes. And we were talking about different movies that the other has seen, but we have not. Like, yes. We need As a things couple. We, things we can introduce each other to. And... I was we were talking we got on the subject of like Disney movies and kids movies and I said oh well, what about the Muppet movies have you seen like Great Muppet Caper da 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 like Muppets Take Manhattan and he's like well I haven't seen the Muppet movie and I'm like wait what do you mean you haven't seen the Muppet movie <laughs> you haven't seen the Muppet movie yes it became a point of contention in our relationship I was like genuinely I've actually shocked have, I actually haven't slept in our bed in yeah months. he's been sleeping on the floor <laughs> <laughs> for months even before we went to slush Flash, he was sleeping on the floor but no i was just so shocked because i feel like that movie was such an integral part of my childhood so i feel like it's just crazy that you haven't seen it well okay in my defense with this whole thing i've seen the muppets like i've seen the show my house wasn't like a big muppet house we we had to well, my grandmother has every Disney movie ever made, even the <laughs> terrible ones. <laughs> there are terrible ones. As a Disney fan as I am, there are terrible ones. <laughs> uh, but I was I was a really big Looney Tunes person. Right, I was too. I mean, I'm Space Jam all day. But like, but that was the like, Muppets, bro. But Looney Tunes was my jam. I was a Bugs Bunny. That Your Space dunk. Jam, perhaps, maybe? Yes, the Space Jam. Okay. So, Slam. So, this <laughs> this episode of our podcast, we are going to be discussing the Muppet movie. Yes, yeah, so, if you look, go back to our last podcast, we're going to go where Frankie will introduce me to a movie, and the next time I'll introduce Frankie to a right, movie. Right, so I'm going to be the victim next time. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that should be fun. But, this time we are discussing the Muppet movie. It came out in 1979. Yes. Uh, directed by... I was negative 12 years old. Holy shit. I was the same. Negative 13. Negative 13. So, <laughs> uh, it was directed by James Frawley, who was a friend of Jim Henson's. He wanted him to direct the movie because he just wanted it to be as good as it possibly could be. Um, but mainly, James Frawley directed a lot of television, including an episode of that one of Scott's of... favorite shows. What show? Which, well, What's your a... favorite show? I have a lot of favorite shows. Superman. Oh, I do like super, uh, the Superman. <laughs> no, S Smallville. Oh, I do. <laughs> he directed an episode of Smallville, which I thought you'd find interesting. Yeah, I do. Um, well, actually, okay. No, go, going off that real quick. Just yeah, yeah. after watching the Muppet movie, and yes. now 
getting that kind of knowledge thrown at me. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense. Meaning what? The movie felt like a very long TV episode. Yeah, because, I mean, speaking, I mean, we're going to get into the details. We're going to go kind of review the whole movie, at, you know, go through the whole thing. But as a an overarching theme, it's kind of like, it's just a lot of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. It's just like, a, it's just a ragtag, like, road trip adventure and just random stuff is happening. Yes. It's very charming, but it's very random also. And yes, very much so. A lot of stuff doesn't connect to other things. No. But it, 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 it all works, which is the amazing thing. Yes. Um, some other fun facts I was looking up, because I recently read Jim Henson's biography, so when I found out that Scott had never seen the Muppet movie, I'm like, we gotta see the Muppet movie, because I need to talk about all this stuff. So we're gonna, as we go through, because there's a lot of technical wizardry yes. in this movie that had never been done before. So we're get, with the puppetry. So we're gonna talk about that as we go as well. But this was shot over 87 days in California, New Mexico. Uh, so okay, in, almost a three month span. Yeah, in the summer of '78, it required a lot of like, and we're gonna get into it more. But like, obviously, the puppeteers and stuff. Oh, yeah. It was a very difficult shoot. It was mm-hmm. a lot of new things that had never been done a lot of squeezing into very tight claustrophobic spaces so the when you're a kid obviously watching this movie you're just in awe of characters and their charmingness and their loveliness but uh as an adult you are you can be just kind of in awe of the craziness that went into actually making this movie yeah definitely it it was one of those movies yeah as you said it kind of as i said it kind of feels like a long tv episode of mm-hmm. The Muppets, because the Muppets didn't have a real through line of any like TV shows. It was more like sketches and like. No, it was very variety. It was a variety show. Yeah, so this kind of felt like that, just with a road trip element kind of tossed into it. Because there is a a running plot, but like it's basically a running plot with a lot of uh, sketches kind of sprinkled in with Mm -hmm. like fun cameos, and it's it's a fun ride. So if you've never seen it, if you're like Scott and you've never seen the Muppet movie. Turn this off right now and go watch it because it's a lovely, 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 lovely movie. Or listen to us and get a feel for it and see if it's well, your when, type of movie yeah, and you want to see it. I mean, do whatever you yeah, want. I'm not, I'm not your boss. You're not my supervisor! So you can do whatever you want. Um, and another, just another fun fact before we get into this, because I really love this little fun fact, because I'm a big Oscar nerd. I know we talked about this mm-hmm. on the last Shoot the Flick, yes. that I'm kind of an Oscar nerd. True. This movie was nominated for two Oscars, one for original song, best original Make song. Songs. It didn't win, Makes unfortunately. Sense. But it was nominated for Rainbow Connection, which mm-hmm. everyone has heard. Even if you haven't seen this movie, I'm sure you've heard Rainbow Connection. And it was nominated for the score as well. So the music in this movie is fucking great. Yeah, We're going to talk about that too as we go. So, shall we get what, into... Wait, I want to know... What? So, the 1979 Oscars, correct? Well, it, it was 1980. The 1980 Oscars. What What won? I think it was like All That Jazz for score. I don't remember what won for original song. So, just because it was interesting, the winner of the best original song was Norma Ray. What was that from? Uh, it goes like it goes in Norma Ray. I don't even know what that is. So, clearly, Rainbow Connection was robbed. Yeah, because then they got... The other nominees Fuck were... the Patriarchy. <laughs> yes. Highway Robbery. Okay, sure, Highway Robbery. But now let's get into the actual All right, so, so let's get into the meat and potato. Well, first of all, I want to ask you... Yes. As someone who hasn't seen this movie before, like, a couple hours ago, how did you like it? I, I liked it. I, I did. It was a fun movie. It was a... It was how fun. many stars would you give it, dear? 
Uh, how many stars? Yeah. Out, of, out of five? Let's be all entertainment tonight about this bitch. Okay. <laughs> Let's be all entertainment. Would you give it five stars out of how many? Five? <laughs> I, I probably, if I if I had to say, I'd probably say like four and a half out of five. All right. All right. That's a fair score. Because th- there were a couple, mm-hmm. like, as much as the songs were fun, and it was a funny, like, there was some funny, there's some of the songs I was not, like... Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. I personally really love the songs, just because... Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Like, as we go through them, there are... Right, we'll discuss it further, but But I'm there saying... were a couple of them that were like, yeah. okay... No, I, I get it totally. I really... I, what I love about Henson, and, like, I could talk all day about Henson, yes. but I just love the Muppets and, like, Henson's whole, like thought process in creating his art he has a very distinct style i like artists and writers performers whatever with just a very distinct style they're doing things completely different and just saying fuck everybody because nobody thought that the muppets i mean first of all i know we said we're gonna get to this review i promise but like everybody said (laughs) that like the muppets there's no way the muppets could constitute an entire like our show there's no way that that they could do it and he did it and it was beloved Whoa. and now and then people were like oh they can't make they can't do a whole movie with muppet like with just puppets it's crazy oh it's just kid stuff and like he did it and everybody loved it it was like the 10th highest grossing film of that year i think if i'm not mistaken well if you, even so. if you think about it the whole idea of that not being able to last an hour that's ridiculous because look at Hypothetically, look at Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live has been around forever. Well, it's you know? just the same thing with puppets. Well, yes, Muppets. but at that time, it was you know in the '60s, '70s, it was very new, like the art of puppetry in the mainstream. First oh, yeah. of all, and second of all, Saturday Night Live was also very new. The Muppets were actually on Saturday Night Live, and it was like horrible. Apparently, it like bombed because nobody liked it. But if they, because that, I think because they were like in somebody else's structure because the Muppets were allowed to do what they wanted to do, what Henson wanted them to be. Of course. That's how they thrived. But, I mean, again, could talk about this all fucking day, but I'm not going to bore you with my love of Henson. I will as we go through the movie, but <laughs> let's get to the meat and potatoes of this, Scott, okay? Yes, let's. Now, we open this movie. Well, uh, before we even open Oh my god! No, but before- <laughs> we keep doing false starts! No. What do you want? <laughs> I know. Well, it was funny because so we put in the DVD. So we got we got a Disney uh, Disney. We got sm- lots of Disney trailers. Well, no, we got a Disney smoking preview. Like oh, yes. don't smoke by Disney. That was that was weird. I've never seen that before. It was actually quite funny, and I'm like, this is hysterical because like, like secondhand smoke hurts everyone around you, and I'm like, what's going on? And it was like the half Disney announcer. Like, yeah. It so it was funny. So we got, we were listening to that, and we're like, oh, okay, eventually it's going to get to the title screen. No title screen. No, it just so threw got- us into it, <laughs> which I appreciated, because it's the best way to go into this. It's now. just funny, we're so used to it now, <laughs> yeah. that I'm like, where's the title screen? Technology has betrayed us. Like, I was like, waiting for us to be like, where's press play, the movie? Okay, so now, can I start the uh, movie? Okay, well, we were starting the movie, technically, we just started uh, no, the movie. No, no, we were starting the previews of the movie. <laughs> no, now, sorry. we're getting into into the movie. Don't beat me. (laughs) (laughs) I just beat him with my notes. Okay. So we start off right out of the gate, setting the tone with, we're on a film studio 
and there's a car driving down the, the, the driveway, and inside is none other but Statler and Waldorf, yes. and if you don't know them by their names, they're the two old cranky guys that always, like, uh, heckle the Muppets. That was wonderful! Bravo! I loved that! Oh, it was great! Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful! I was terrible! Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo! In the Muppet Show, and like, oh, you know what? The best part of this, the ending. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, those guys. So, um, that's actually wasn't bad. And <laughs> the reason it sets the tone so perfectly is because it starts off with them going to see a screening of the Muppet movie, a and private screening. Yes, a private screening of the Muppet movie, and they literally say to the security guard as they're driving in. Hi, we're here to heckle the Muppets in the Muppet movie. <laughs> like it's just, it's just such a perfect meta. Ah, I love it. And uh, then honestly, this movie is very meta. Yes, all around, it's very meta. So then, yeah. So then they go into the private screening, and it's full of Muppets. Obviously, it's just a Muppet screening of the Muppet movie, and then the movie starts. Yes. And it starts in a just serene, beautiful way. Uh, just a scene that is iconic in mm -hmm. this movie that everyone knows. The scene of Kermit strumming his banjo in a swamp, singing Rainbow Connection. Which was very, it's very beautiful. It's, it's Rainbow Connection is one of those songs that is has become so iconic and so into our pop culture-ness. <laughs> pop culture-ness. Yeah. Oh. I just, I love it. I love the lyrics. I love just Kermit's, like, Kermit in general is such a wholesome character. He's such a sweet, sweet character. So having him sing the song is just so perfect. Now, would you like me to tell you a little technical behind the yeah, scenes? Yeah, sure. Tell us. Fuckery that went into the scene? Because this sure. scene is wild how this got done. So for this scene... Basically, it was set up that they kind of built on the studio lot a, like, fake swamp-ish situation. Yeah. It was, like, four or five feet deep. Mm -hmm. And what happened was they built a tank, a water tank, for Jim Henson to climb into mm -hmm. underneath the, the surface the, of the water. The, they covered yeah. it with the log that Kermit is sitting on. And he basically... Jim Henson crunched himself into this tiny little water tank under the water, stuck his hand, one hand was like a rubber sleeve controlling uh, his right arm, Kermit's right arm, and then the left arm was like a rod, like strumming the banjo. And he would have to stay in there, crouched in, like legs crossed, hands raised, like script in between his legs, and with a monitor also, I think, inside the tank. So it was very... Another example of the many examples of claustrophobia. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could never do something like that because it's just... Ugh, no. Yeah, yeah it, it's just crazy. Like, I feel like there are easier ways they could have accomplished it, but... Well, but also, <laughs> it's like 1979, Henson, so it was but very I, much... But I feel like Henson wanted it as, as realistic as possible, so he wanted it to be, like, a real swamp. He, like imported like real trees i think for the actual like swamp after uh kermit sings the opening song of the movie which is again so very beautiful yes we get our first of many cameos of this movie there are so many cool cameos yeah. and the first one is dom de Louise, yes rowing in a canoe on the swamp <laughs> dressed in kermit. all white no was he pretty much yeah Really? No, he was like in a fisherman's like mm. kind of outfit. I felt like 
Okay. I don't know. But anyway, he's Dom DeLuise, so who gives a shit what he's wearing? Yeah. So he comes up to Kermit, and they're chatting about... Oh, by the way, the way he says banjo... What? The Dom way he, DeLuise? Yeah, Dom DeLuise. He says banjo weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't even notice that. Well, because I, I wrote it down, and it's funny, because he's just like, you strum the banjo. Like, he, like, he, like <laughs> I was like, interesting, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it was so just funny. Maybe that's a fun fact. So, um, yeah, so then Dom DeLuise uh, reveals himself to be an agent. He's an agent in Hollywood, and Ooh, he yeah. tells Kermit that he has talent, kid. You got talent. Yes. You got jokes. You got pipes. You can really make it in Hollywood. So that is the start of our movie, basically. Kermit, Dom DeLuise just leaves because he's being chased by an alligator. By the way, was the alligator a Muppet? No. I don't know. It was a real alligator. Okay. Well, I don't think it was a real alligator. <laughs> it was an alligator. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So um, so Dom DeLuise leaves and Kermit then decides my dream is to go to Hollywood and be a star. So that's yeah. the start of our little adventure. Makes sense. Um, so the first, um... Well, then we get Kermit, Kermit starts riding a bike. Right, which is also a, a nice, um, gag that they kind of had to figure out technically. It's basically, for the wider shots where he's riding the bike, it's like a marionette, basically, yeah. being controlled, like, mm -hmm. remotely. And then for the close-up shots, it's just yeah. Kermit. Like, it's just him being regularly... Well, yeah, it, but that was such a weird scene, because as Kermit's riding the bike, they're like, oh, they're putting a road in, and they run over Kermit's bike, and yeah. he hops on top. <laughs> and he's like, and Kermit's like, oh, how dare they do uh, build a road in the middle of the street? I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the I middle like, of the street. I like Kermit that that's what they do. Now, so basically, the whole movie is... We, it's Kermit just meeting different Muppets along the way. It's how the Muppets got started, essentially. Yes. So it's meeting different Muppets along the way onto Hollywood. So yes. the first Muppet we meet on our magical adventure is none other than Fozzie Bear, yes. voiced by Frank Oz. Waka waka! And uh, he's basically in some nasty like dive bar yes. doing a com comedy routine, and everyone is booing the shit out of him. By the way, the amount of times he says waka waka. Oh my god, it's great. It was like waka 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 waka. He said, "Walk." I almost wanted that's his to, thing, though. I know, but like, I almost wanted to go back because I'm like, oh, we didn't know how to really like, like, we didn't want to start the punchline. We just got to tell him to say "Waka Waka" <laughs> a bunch. Like, he said "Waka Waka" must have been like 20 times before he actually said another line. But yeah, so Fozzie's up there on stage and he's getting just booed to shit. And uh, Kermit helps him out, does a little dance number with him, yes. and then they become fast friends. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go to Hollywood oh, well, for this audition. Yeah. You want to come with me? And he's like, sure, waka waka, let's take my car. Well, you're forgetting that actually while we were watching the movie, there was a joke in there. Fozzie gets thrown behind the bar. Oh, no, it's no, it's Kermit. No, Fozzie gets thrown behind the bar oh, right. and gains the mustache of the bartender. Right, right, right. And uh, he goes, Oh, drinks are on the house, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all go running out and start standing on top of the house. <laughs> that was great. I didn't realize that as a kid, but then I watched it just now and I was like, Oh, I get it. They're going on the roof because drinks are on the house. Ah. Uh, but then there's another meta joke in there. You just made me remember that Kermit gets... Uh, like thrown around on a ceiling fan and mm -hmm. then whooshed across the whole bar and he gets up and like woozy and he goes well i hope you appreciate that i'm doing all my own stunts yes. right into the camera and it's like all right this is the movie we're watching well it's funny i don't know when was that first done that gag what meta stuff no no no, no. 
Or like the fan gag where you where the character gets caught in the fan and like spins that, around. Yeah, and I don't know if that's I, the first time, but like, I, I will feel say like it probably was a Chaplin thing because that seems like a, something Chaplin would have done. I mean, a lot of I feel like a lot of the humor, at least the physical humor in the Muppets, is very like Chaplin esque. Yes. But yeah, so I'm trying to think. So then again, this through the baby. Oh, okay. So let me just. Uh, oh. oh, so while he's in the bar, we meet our villain. Yes. Well. Right we after. We kind of meet him. Oh, yeah, we do meet him in the we bar. We meet him in the bar. Because our villain and his, like, little Black sidekick. Eater. Yeah. So we have uh, our villain, Doc Hopper, played by Charles Durning, and uh, Max, who I don't know who he's played by, but who cares? What an asshole! So... Oh, I'm sure... <laughs> no, Max I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure kidding. Max is actually I'm kidding. Cares. He was actually... He was a sweet character. But um, he was, he was kind of funny. Um, Motivated by money. I mean, true, yeah. So basically, Doc Hopper is the owner of this frog leg fast food restaurant, and you see a commercial for this fast food restaurant later on in the movie, and it's really disgusting. <laughs> they talk about frog leg burgers and French fried frog legs, and, and it's really bacon gross. And bacon frog legs. It's and- gross. Like, I would never... McDonald's would never. <laughs> well, it's it was weird because you're sitting there, and you, while he's staring, he's staring at Kermit's legs. Yeah. So you're like, I kept. And you you thought that he was like gonna try and fry him up and eat him, but well, I'm like, oh no no no. Well yeah, because I kept saying because he, he's because in the scene he's looking clearly at Kermit's legs. I'm like, those are felt legs, sir. <laughs> they are made of felt. They are not gonna be any kind of deliciousness. <laughs> but the 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 hook is here that Doc Hopper, the owner of the Frog Leg Restaurant, wants Kermit, the performing frog, to be his. Like mascot. mascot for the for the because restaurant. he can dance, he can sing. Yes, he can he's a performer. Act. He's a star. Yes. So um, and he's gonna pay him five hundred dollars. Well, we're hold on. Sorry. Let me get there. So when Kermit and Fozzie leave, get in his car. Yes, the Muppets get in a car, driving said a car, Studebaker. a Studebaker, uh, and we're gonna get to the technical wizardry in that in a second. But Doc Hopper follows them and something I want to point out is like the musical sting that kind of follows Doc Hopper every time he comes into a scene. It's just like the like darkest like <laughs> like st- like musical sting followed with like drum bashing like it's just so like distinct. But he basically pulls Kermit and Fozzie over and implores Kermit to be his spokesman and says, hey, I'll give you $500 to basically sell out your entire fucking species no, and I'll, be my spokesman. Well, like, I'll give you $500 a month. <laughs> I was like... No, he said no. a year. Oh, a year, yeah, I'll give you $500 a year. a year. That's right. So, like, and I get it, it's 79 but also, like, fuck you, no. $500 a year, even in 1979, can't be that much. I'm not looking it's it up like now, but it so can't be that easy. much. So, obviously, Kermit refuses, and they just, you know, him and Kermit, uh, him and Fozzie, excuse me, get back in the car, and they drive, they move right along. Uh, and that's kind of a theme in this movie, like, things just kind of happen, like, crazy shit just kind of happens, and then Kermit and the rest of the gang are just like, okay, moving on, and then they just go to the next scene, yeah. <laughs> which is, like, I feel like in certain Hence movies... kind of the TV show kind of feel right, of it. I feel, and I feel like in some, like, movies, that kind of 
thing doesn't it just looks ridiculous but in this movie it works because it's like the Muppets who are like a variety show basically so it works but um okay so they get back in the Studebaker and they drive they go on this drive across the country to get to Hollywood well we are second song right well that's I'm getting there sorry okay uh are you going to the wizardry first well, yes. Well, I I wanted to get there because as they're singing the next song, uh, they're they're you know they're doing this whole song driving in the car. Fozzie is driving, and Kermit is in the front seat playing the banjo. So it's it's wild. So basically, what happened was the way this technical wizardry worked. You wanna you wanna you wanna know? Yes, I do. I do. Wanna okay. Know. Because so, I, I'm always impressed by puppetry. So the way this one worked is they had a little person. Okay. In the trunk of the Studebaker, driving the Studebaker with a remote control, and like the like directors or produ- like the assistant directors were like talking to him in a walkie-talkie, saying, "Okay, turn left. Okay, turn a little right. Do this, do that." And then, meanwhile, Jim Henson and Frank Oz were crunched down in the back seat of the Studebaker with their arms up, performing Fozzie, Fozzie driving and singing. And Kermit playing the banjo and singing. Yeah, well, so, I, I definitely know, well, because I, I knew Fozzie wasn't driving. Before, well, obviously. Obviously, but there were times that Fozzie would lift his arms uh-huh. and Wheel would come with him. Every now and then. It wasn't, it was like... Well, a, I don't, I think maybe that's why. Well, I think it was just like a remote, like well, it was remotely controlled. Well, yeah, it was remote, obviously it was remotely controlled, but so clearly... So it didn't really need the wheel, I guess. Well, yeah, so clearly the wheel was probably, because they're like, oh, instead of having Frank Oz, like, have to control the arms, like, well, <laughs> yeah. we'll just glue hands to a fake wheel, <laughs> and then Fozzie can kind of... Right, right. So as they're singing the song, which is called... Moving right along. Yes. Which is one of my favorites from the... It was also... I literally wrote in my notes, moving right along equals banger. <laughs> it was. So, it was It was a banger. I dug it. It, it is. It was definitely a lot of it's fun. It's definitely a fun road trip song. Uh, it's still... So, so far, with two songs in, got Rainbow Connection, which was really... Was a classic. Right. And moving right along, also very fun. Right. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a fun song. And yeah, you, you're going through these different things and like they're in like Saskatchewan and then like all these different places randomly yeah, like in the song. Lost. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and we get a Big Bird cameo. Yes, we do. From Carol Bird. Spinney, mm-hmm. the king. Yes. Um, Recently retired. Yes. Um, but he, yeah, legend. Absolute legend. E- enjoy he, your retirement. Hey there, wanna rip? Oh, no thanks. I'm on my way to New York City to try to break into public television. The scene is so great because they're driving up uh, the Kermit and Fozzie are driving in the Studebaker and Big Bird is walking with a suitcase in the opposite direction <laughs> and they pull over and they're just like, hey, you want a lift? And Big Bird goes, oh, no, thanks. I'm trying to break into public television. <laughs> I'm going to New York. Going to New York. But even and though I'm like, oh, you go, girl. Even so, like, follow that bird. <laughs> part of me wanted Carol Spinney to join the crew. Like, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I mean, like, I wanted it to historically, happen. Historically, the Muppets have, Jim Henson has historically been very adamant about keeping the Sesame Street brand separate from the Muppets because of like its relation to like little yeah. kids and stuff. Has Kermit ever gone on to oh, yeah. been on Sesame Street? Kermit's been on Sesame Street tons of times, okay. yeah. If you've never seen this video, um there's a cute little video online of um I'm sure Big Bird's technically been on the Muppets. Um yeah. Well he was in the Muppet movie. He's been in like 
a couple episodes. Yeah, he's like, been yeah. in like cameos, I think, but not like really on it. Okay. But I know there was this cute little video of like early Sesame Street episode of this little girl singing the alphabet with Kermit the Frog. And I'm sure if you just typed up like Kermit the Frog Sesame Street alphabet, you would it would come up. Cookie Monster is in the letter of the alphabet. Then it's really adorable. Okay, who do you think is more cute? Okay. Per se. Kermit or Elmo? I mean, mm, I think Kermit is more like like universally cute. Like he's cute to everybody, young and old, I think. I think he yeah. is like such a charming character. I, th- I would say he's more charming. Yes, okay. Elmo is more cute. Like, cute! Oh, he's so cute! You know what I mean? Interesting. Okay. Um, so anyway, so they are moving right along. Yes. The song finishes. They're still driving along, and they crash almost into this old church. <clears throat> and they fall asleep in the front in the car, and they wake up randomly to, a, like, booming music and they go in the church and they see that it is dr teeth and the electric mayhem which if you don't know is like the like crazy rock band that the muppets have uh sorry where where did he get his doctorate listen you don't ask dr teeth that kind of question (laughs) i want to know you don't need to know know. (laughs) the man is a doctor (laughs) he clearly he has that gold tooth for a reason (laughs) so they wake up Go in, meet the Electric Mayhem. They meet Animal. That is our introduction to Animal, which is Scott's favorite character. And Scooter, who is their road manager. By the way, side note, I didn't realize Scooter was like, is he an original Muppet? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I always thought Scooter was added later on. No, he was in the Muppet show. Skeeter was added later on. Skeeter Uh, was added in the Muppet Baby. Skeeter was Scooter's little sister or something like that. Ah, okay. Um... But yeah, Scooter was always like the manager of, of like, the, Muppets. the Muppet show. Yeah, he was like the stage manager. Hence, why he's the manager of the Muppet Theater in Disney. Right in, in the Muppet Vision 3D sh- attraction in Disney World, Scooter plays the stage manager because that's what he was on the show. <clears throat> so um, we get another like little meta joke with the screenplay. Yes, they. Like, they basically are like, we can't explain everything that we're doing, so let's just give well, the, band the audience the screen- get bored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll give the band the screenplay to read. And Dr. Dr. T starts reading the screenplay. And, they, uh, then it, it goes into a rock song as they're like, because Dr. Teeth is like, oh, well, we have to protect them from Doc Hopper going after them, so we'll just paint their car in crazy <laughs> psychedelic <laughs> colors to disguise it. So, but they there's go still, a, this there's still rock song. a frog and a bear driving a car. Right. So, they, it makes no fucking sense, but it works for the movie. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. So, they paint the car. They go on, they keep going on their adventure. They don't bring the band with them. The band's like, ah, oh, whatever. We'll just, you we'll, know. We'll, we'll just capitalize on your fame later. Exactly. Like, you go well, enjoy yourself, well, we're enjoy skip- your adventure. But we're skipping over in the song. Oh, yeah. In the song, they're like screaming at. Kermit and Fozzie while they're sleeping. I never really paid attention to that before, but it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, because Kermit and Fozzie are like passed out. And, yeah, and they're like weird. singing in their face. It's super weird. I'm like, and they don't wake up. And but it's a good song, so it's okay. <laughs> it, it was an okay song. But then 
Scooter's also playing with bubbles in the middle of it. I was like, this got a little odd to hear this song. All right. This is the first so... song I wasn't like was okay. It wasn't it clearly wasn't right. as good as the first two. So then um after that song Fozzie and Kermit again, just like, okay, bye. And then they just go. And then uh, the next Muppet we meet is my favorite Muppet, Gonzo. Gonzo, yes. Gonzo and Camilla, the chicken. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. How can you, how can you abide by an alien, because I'm assuming Gonzo's an alien, fornicating with a chicken? I don't like to judge people. Well, I always thought Gonzo, Camilla, and... Pepe? No. Rizzo? Rizzo had, like, a freeway kind right, of thing. Alright, that's despicable. <laughs> what? That's, that's so gross. Why is that gross? No. We're gonna get into some weird fornication listen, things later. Listen, <laughs> We're gonna get there. <laughs> so, anyway, so basically, uh, Kerm and Fozzie basically crash into Gonzo and Camilla. They join their crew. They all have the same dream. They want to go to Hollywood. So they Well, go. actually, the correction. Gonzo wants to go to India. Alright, well, let's not get bogged down in the details, alright? <laughs> okay. But you they all agree. Fucking five it, hour podcast. They all agree to go to Hollywood. Yes, they go to Hollywood. They go to trade in their car for another car because they're like, we we cannot. We got to get another car because this is a nightmare. So we got to get another car. They go to this used car lot. They meet Sweetums, which if you don't know who that is by his name, it's the big fucking giant creepy looking furry yeah, muppet I, I'm that not quite talks sh- weird. He's the, he more than Gonzo. He's the one I. Don't know what he is. Yeah, he kind of looks like if Snuffleupagus got like hit by a truck. I guess and like cut in half. <laughs> and he's big, he's gigantic, and he's muscular. But like Gonzo, I always thought like Gonzo, I just kind of accepted Gonzo. But like I never understood what Sweetums was. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring up Sweetums is because he becomes the kind of running gag throughout the movie. <laughs> that he's because cheap. Kermit invites him to come to Hollywood with them, and when he invites him, he kind of just runs away, like oh god, Hollywood, and then runs away. So they're like, oh okay, I guess he doesn't want to come. So they just continue on with their drive, and then Sweetums comes out with a big suitcase. He's like, I want to go to Hollywood, and the rest of the movie, throughout the rest of the movie, he pops up once in a while, in a while and it's like, I'll find them. Like they're going to Hollywood. Yes. So, um, but then they. They continue to drive, again, just kind of moving right along. They stumble upon this, like, World's Fair, State Fair kind of thing. And there's this beauty contest. And all these beautiful women come out and show off off their beautifulness. Mm -hmm. And then, lo and behold, we have Miss Piggy winning said beauty contest. Yes, from the judge who is a ventriloquist, which was kind of creepy looking. Well, I think they had, I think Henson had, it was Edgar Bergen, it might be. Yeah. They had him because he was, like, one of his inspirations. He wanted him in his movie. Okay. But, yeah, so, basically, this is the point where we introduce Miss Piggy. Her and Kermit immediately lock eyes, and we proceed to get a beautiful-slash-horrifying, like, loving montage with a song from Miss Piggy. And if you don't know who Miss Piggy is voiced by, he is also voiced... She is also voiced, excuse me, by Frank Oz, who voices Fozzie. Um, so, when you're listening to the song, the love song, the... Piggy is singing to Kermit. Imagine it being sung by a thirty-something-year-old man. <laughs> yes, imagine. Well, imagine Frank Oz singing this song to Jim Henson. To Jim Henson. <laughs> <laughs> That's ever. They were like really good friends, so that probably wasn't too difficult for them. They were really close, I think. I, I just wanted to see like when Henson initially pitched 
that to Frank I Oz. Just, I just want to see Frank Oz do the voice. That's all I want of my life. I just want to see him do Piggy's voice because it's just so funny to like picture it. But uh, yeah, so then Piggy eventually goes with them yes. on their adventure. Um, she kind of invites herself along, but then uh, yeah, because oh, really- and you know what? <laughs> While we're at the fair, before we leave the fair and go- with yes. Piggy and continue Carmen. with their story. Um, we get a couple more cameos from Bob Hope. Yes, who plays an ice cream vendor. Which, by the way, if they didn't make honey ice cream and fly ice cream, they missed an opportunity. Oh, yes. There was a whole joke about weird flavors of ice cream for the bear and the frog. It was very cute. Very cool, very short, but very cute. From Bob Hope. From Bob Hope. And then we get another cute little cameo from Richard Pryor, which is kind of funny. Yes, where he uh, he gives Gonzo a bunch of balloons to give and to Camilla. And he tells him, you buy those balloons so you can fuck that chicken. Well, <gasps> what a wild idea. Yeah, beautiful chicken like that deserves two balloons. <laughs> You're right. I have guys come in all the time. Sometimes they get a bunch of balloons for the girls. They go gaga for it. Gaga? I'll take the whole bunch. Gaga! Because he's clearly, he's clearly trying to oversell Gonzo. That, that's the whole point. Like Richard Pryor is like the salesman. He, and he makes money off every balloon but, uh, sold. Yeah, the, the cameos in this movie are like crazy. They're actually as funny because when we saw Leaving Las Vegas, mm-hmm. they weren't as, oh my God, as Leaving Las Vegas was. That Not leaving lo- Las Vegas. Sorry. Fear leaving and loathing Las in Las Vegas. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. We're- we recently saw Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with our friend Mike Pagano, who you know from uh, Seventeen Milligrams. Yes. And yeah, there were a lot of weird cameos in that too, but that I didn't expect at all. This one was more expected. I feel expected. like this is more expected because, like, there were the, like. You know. Well, it also wasn't Obviously, like, there's going to be some human people in this movie. Well, it, it wasn't like smack you in the face, Kim. Right. It definitely wasn't. Um, so, after we hang out there a little bit, we leave with Piggy in tow, and Doc Hopper and his lackey, Max, kind of come up in the car, and we have a little gag where he pulls out a fucking shotgun, which, what are you, like, really? He's like, oh, I'm going to shoot the tires. No, you're going to shoot a bunch of felt things with stuffing in them <laughs> like imagine the muppets getting shot just imagine it imagine your childhood dying and imploding right now <laughs> they run off the road because they're trying to catch gonzo who's flying yeah they run they basically run off the road hit a billboard with a big cream pie in it because billboards have cream pies apparently and it hits the car and it's a big physical gag and it's adorable and then we move the fuck on so after that little gag, yes. we basically uh, cut to Piggy and Kermit on a romantic dinner together, yes. and it's actually, like, super romantic and sweet, Yes, but as long as you, like, don't think about it too hard, because <laughs> uh, it's a pig and a frog. <laughs> yes, as long as you don't think about it too hard, but then we also have the, <laughs> the waiter. Yes, like, probably my favorite cameo of them all. Uh, Mr. Steve fucking Martin. Who is a favorite discussion on 17 milligrams. Oh my god. I love him so much. He's wearing his, like, shorts, and he's just a disgruntled waiter who wishes that he wasn't fucking there. Mm, You mad impetuous think it's champagne? Not exactly. Sparkling Muscatel. One of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, uh, Well, you may serve us now, please. Oh. May I? But he was just so great and so funny. But yeah, like, I mean, the way it's even, it's, 
more like a variety show this movie is just because of the cameos because it's literally like hi i'm here i'm gonna do this scene and be really great and funny and then i'm gonna go and you're never gonna see me again so it's it's very variety show-esque this whole movie um so because we're at the scene i, I looked i just looked up what the frog's penis looks like let's not it kind of just this it just kind of looks like a tail why did you look that? That's going to be in your search history now. <laughs> I can clear my search history. <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> but, uh, well, because we got into the whole thing where, like, Kermit and Piggy are, like, about to kiss. I'm like, and I'm are they going to make out? They're, they're like, oh, are they going to make out? But I'm sitting there going, like, she wants that frog's penis. Oh, my God. She wants it. Ew. But see, as a child, you don't think about that watching the movie. No, you, you think, don't. Oh, this is so cute and romantic. No, but also... If they had kids, would it be half right, frog, half let's pig? Not, let's would it be not like pig heads on the frog body? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. Of- shut up, Scott. <laughs> God damn it. I want to die. Okay. Stop it. Get some help. So, um, right before they have this beautiful, intimate moment, they get interrupted because Piggy gets a phone call. From her agent. From her agent, quote unquote. And... Kermit is waiting and waiting for her, and eventually he just thinks that he that he got ditched, basically. Like, he thinks that she just ran out on him. So he moseys into the restaurant, and there's a piano player, and it is Rolf the Dog, which is, like, it's got a special place in my Muppety yes. heart. I really love Rolf the Dog, voiced by Jim Henson, as well as Kermit. That so was makes- this song that they sing together yes. was also amazing. This yeah, is a I great song. song. Uh, the song was called uh, Hope is Something Better Comes Along. Uh, and I, I really love this song. It's Rolf and Kermit basically singing about how women suck. <laughs> and they leave you and blah, blah, blah. But yes. it's like a really fun like song. And it's funny because it's... Like two separate, completely different, separate voices and characters, but both voiced by the same person, which I think is interesting. Was did he have both hands up? Was he like? I don't know how they did it because Rolf, I think, needs two people. So I think maybe like he just voiced. I, Rolf? I know, I know, like the the track was recorded beforehand. Oh, okay. So maybe the puppeteering, they worked it out like some other way. Um, like there was another puppeteer happening, right? Yeah. Because you um, know he was he was. Controlling Kermit. Right. So we're getting basically just a cavalcade of Muppet introductions as we go through this yes, movie. Yes, quickly. Um, but then we get interrupted by the plot again. <laughs> because Doc Hopper has kidnapped Miss Piggy. <gasps> and uh, he basically tells Kermit, like, you better come outside or we're going to kill your girlfriend. So he comes outside and they get tied yes. up. And she will so- be a ham hawk by dawn. <laughs> yes. That's very gross but anyway so yeah so they get um tied up basically in this like warehouse with doc hopper and a bunch of like goons and they call in this uh professor what's his name they call in this german professor i know i'm gonna get his name because i wrote it fucking down for a reason oh my god she wrote it down i wrote it down okay uh they they call in professor Crassman, <laughs> who is uh Played by none other than Mel fucking Brooks. He's got the beta king. He is. He is played by who Mel Brooks. Who was incredible in this. He, he, it's between him and Steve Martin, who were my favorite cameos. Yeah, I would say so. And he basically comes to give him electroshock therapy, 
with this big hawking machine and his electric yarmulke, which I liked. He said, literally, he said, an electric ah, yarmulke. Uh, <laughs> Let's go with the Jewish um, So Doc Hopper leaves, and they're about to basically torture permit and turn his mind into mush so he can be yes. a mindless zombie for the frog leg place. Yes. And Piggy gets so mad she breaks free of her ropes and beats the holy shit out of everyone in the yes. fucking barn. <laughs> and yeah. And then Kermit breaks free and literally okay, this next part I don't get really and I'm gonna explain it. So what happens next is kind of odd. They go from Kermit, the phone rings in the barn where they just beat the shit out of everybody, or Piggy beat the shit out of everybody. Yes. Kermit take, picks up the phone and says, oh, Piggy, it's your agent. Piggy gets a call from her agent. She talks to him. She's like, oh, I got this commercial. Okay, book it, whatever. And then she just says goodbye to Kermit and leaves. But then, like, the next scene... We come to... Well, after the movie stops because the Swedish Yeah, we, we come back to the screening room from the beginning of the movie because something happened with the movie, but then they start it back up again, and it's just, within five minutes, Piggy comes back, <laughs> and she's just on the side of the road. I'm like, wait a minute. And, and Kermit's upset, and then clearly, like, Rolf joined in also during right, the Rolf break. Right, Rolf came in, which was fine. I like Rolf, but I'm like, okay... That's not even. I'm not even mad. I just don't understand why they made her leave and come back. If they should just come back, because like it was still weird. Regardless, you could still be like weird with each other, but, him, and, him and Piggy, because we just almost got murdered, and you just like killed yeah. a well, maybe killed a bunch of henchmen or well, beat you, the shit out well, of them. Well, you definitely fried Mel Brooks's brain because then he rivets yeah, at the so end like, of it and collapses. Yeah, so that was kind of like strange, but like it kind of just comes right back to normal. But what I enjoy about uh, the first like scene coming back from the screening room is that it's just for no reason at all like shots of america <laughs> and like like stock shots of america with fozzy singing america the beautiful over it for no fucking reason <laughs> oh side note though also before we go back i'm sitting there and as we're going through the the torture scene i'm thinking when is this, like, audition? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, well, then, well, then the car breaks down. You know, then we move, just move the fuck on. Forget everything ever happened. Yeah, the car breaks down. And meanwhile... And then we find the out the audition is, is tomorrow. Yes, while the car is breaking down, Doc Hopper is hiring a frog killer to come after Kermit. Because at this point, I guess he does not give a shit about his business. He just wants to kill this fucking frog. Uh, which it doesn't make any sense. Which also goes, like, nowhere. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but it still works. So, anyway, so the car breaks down. They're basically all camped on the side of the road. And they sing this, like, cute little... Well, they don't sing. Gonzo sings. Why they picked Gonzo? I okay. mean... Granted, you would think that it's not. I actually dig the song. This, this was. It's very cute. This is my least sad. favorite of the well, movie. Well, because it's a sad song. They're sad because they feel like the car's broken down. They're at their lowest point. They're not going to be able to make it to the audition tomorrow. And they sing. Well, Gonzo sings, and then Kermit goes off and has like an existential crisis. Yes. <laughs> he like talks to himself, and then he's like, "Well, I have. I still believe in this dream." We're going to do it. Yes. It's going to happen. And then right at that moment, as if a deus ex, ma ex machina yes. falling from the sky, or driving the electric the bus. mayhem comes in on their tour bus, blaring their music. And they're like, we're here to 
come get you and take you to Hollywood. And they're like, how did you know we were here? We read the screenplay, remember? <laughs> you gave us the screenplay. It all comes back around and it's meta motherfucking ass. Yes, so, all these Muppets climb into this bus and they're driving along. And then they are pulled over by a highway cop who turns out to be Doc Hopper's lackey, Max. Now, when I said before that Max is a sweet character, the reason I said that is because he's kind of redeemed at the end because he warns the Muppets oh, yeah. that Doc Hopper is after them with this frog killer and he's going to come after him like no yeah. matter what. And Kermit's just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going to have a showdown with him. In the next town. Doc Hopper, then I'm coming for him, bitch. That's not what he says. But yeah, he definitely drops a bitch in there. I heard it. So... I, I enjoy this because they go randomly to this, like, Old West ghost towny yes. like, set, basically. <laughs> and it's just so random. He gets out of the bus, Kermit, and he goes and, like, looks around. And all of a sudden, you see Bunsen and... Uh, well, yeah. Bunsen he and gets Beaker. He gets attacked by, like, a barrel that becomes, like, a dancing yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like, like this weird invention that Bunsen and Beaker created. It's like the meme meme guy. That guy. Um, so, yeah. And, um... They're there. <laughs> well, they're there, and they've invented giant pills. Oh yes, we they introduced the Instagirl pills. Now those will be important later. But now, by the way, I, uh, how did they feed it to a plum? Shut up, Scott. <laughs> so anyway, so Doc Hopper shows up with all his goons, and they have this like really touching, like serious moment. Now this is the showdown between Kermit and Doc Hopper. Kermit's like basically to Doc Hopper, like, why are you doing this? Why are you going this crazy like this? And he's, you know, he's like, I have a dream to open a thousand frog leg restaurants and you're my key to doing it. And he's like, well, I have a dream too. Kermit says, I have a dream. I want to sing and dance and make people happy. And I, and I have, have all these, these friends, friends. that help. Yeah, I have all these friends that help me and we're a family. And, and you don't have friends. And if you had friends, you know. That right, it, exactly. And so that's, that's really the crux of the story. The, the heart of it is that, you know, the Muppets just want to like, perform and make people smile and be happy and be together yeah and that just made me think because i mean people that's what jim henson wanted to convey because <clears throat> that's what he wanted to do that's that was yes. his dream and i just thought of our little yes. ragtag group of muppets the paradox studios yes and um it, it got me thinking of like yeah like we're just a ragtag group of crazy people that like to perform and, and be silly and, and be, funny. be together and we're a family so i just i really love that well well it was great because i wrote down friendship saves the day yeah. and i wrote never mind <laughs> well exact because now originally when they were writing the movie, um, Jim Henson wanted Doc Hopper to be redeemed in that moment. He wanted Doc Hopper to just be like, you know what, you're right. I don't have any friends. Nobody loves me. I want to be like, I want to be a better person, whatever. And you let know, me help you get to Hollywood, yeah. right? But um, ultimately, they decided not to do that. Um, and Hopper's just like, you know what, fuck it, kill him. <laughs> Kill the frog. And right at that moment, as if another Deus Ex Machina falling from the sky, Animal appears, only he bursts through the fucking roof of the saloon in the fucking Old West Town. How convenient is that? Wow. How convenient is fucking that? Because he <sighs> ate the Instagram pills and scared the shit out of everybody and they all run away. Which was actually... 
foreshadowed in earlier when uh, the screen gets messed up by Swedish Chef. Oh, yeah. They bring up a point where they go, animals like freaking out, and then. It's uh, like, big scene, big scene. And, they, well, and they're like, don't worry, your big scene's coming up, animals. And it sure as fuck did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then after Doc and his goons run away, Max actually runs away too, but he's like happy. He's like, yeah, good, yay, good, go, be happy, go to Hollywood. Um. And then, yeah, and then yeah. they just turn around and it's like, okay, that's over. We're going to Hollywood. Yes. And they get there. <laughs> they get there. Thank the Lord. And they, they finally they get, get there, there. And they get into the office of the guy who has this audition for frogs. Yes. Well, okay. So here's here's what happens. This is like, this is like the penultimate moment in the movie. Now, when I was a kid... This moment in the movie, like, my heart was just, like, like, my, I was holding my breath. I was just so excited and, like, nervous for them. I just wanted them to, like, get this. And then I realized, as I watched it again just now, I was like, this is such a short, like, this is such a short, but it's, like, it's so good. Okay, so they go into the executive's office, whose name is Lou Lord. Now, if you know anything about the Muppets, you know that, the guy that basically like gave them the Muppet Show, the the avenue to do the Muppet Show in England was named Lord Lou Grade. Ah. So it was a nod to him. I see. Um and he was the executive Lou Lord, he was played by Orson fucking Wells, yes. who had one line. Yes. <laughs> but they got him in and he's like looming and terrifying, but he does it. Get me the contract. He basically says, get me. Kermit basically just, like, lays it out. He does no performance, which I think is weird, but I guess that's, like, the joke. Well, uh, He basically walks in with all the Muppets and is like, we want to put on shows and be performers, da-da-da-da. And Lou Lord is just like, Tracy, get me the standard rich and famous contract for Kermit the Frog and Company. <laughs> okay, by the way. And that's it. Oh, I was thinking, like, so there's no other frogs. You saw no other frog. No. You, you, didn't, you didn't see the WB frog. There was the hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime doll. Oh, saw God. none of that. You saw Kermit and you were good. Oh, God. And then it. You know they. So then they're they're rich and famous. They have this song basically talking about how they're well, going to do this movie. Well, it was only because it's like. So now they're watching the movie. Right. They're now doing a wrap-up song of it's the very, movie. It's very meta, Scott. It's like a movie within the movie within the movie. Right. So then they start in the in the movie, they start shooting the movie, and they go into basically a reprise of Rainbow Connection, which like gave me goosebumps. And I've seen this movie like a million times, but it gave me fucking goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps every time because it's just so beautiful. And at the very end, there's this huge shot of, um, like, this is another technical yes. wizardry moment. There was 250 puppets yes. in the ending right. shot, just, yes. like, panning out. Including Carol Spinney. Huge, in this, yes, Carol Spinney was there as Big Bird, and it was, like, this huge, like, pit, and all of these, like, 150 puppeteers were there, including John Landis was there. Mm-hmm. And Tim Burton was there. Ah, as among a million, like a hundred, like I said, one hundred fifty other puppeteers were there, doing this one shot, and it was such a gorgeous shot. It's like a rainbow covering them, and they're singing Rainbow Can. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. But yeah, it was like no one's ever seen anything like that before up at that point. So it was just so wild that all these puppeteers came together to pull off this amazing shot. And I just want to quote like 
the, the one of the, like my favorite line from like that ending part because it's so yeah. oh gives me chills uh kermit sings life's like a movie write your own ending keep believing keep pretending mm-hmm. and i just love that because i feel it's yeah. very jim henson and it's very like artist like i just yes. i love that line um and then at the end after this beautiful heartwarming like literally my heart was overflowing Sweetums bursts through the fucking screen and comes back and he's like, I found you guys. I'm here in Hollywood. <laughs> and and that's like the Muppets in a fucking nutshell. It's like heartwarming, like sweetness and charmingness in conjunction with ridiculousness. Yeah. And that's that's it, man. That's yeah. the Muppet movie. That was the Muppet movie. And that was my introduction as a kid to the Muppets. So I I always look fondly on this movie. And that's why when Scott told me he hadn't seen it, I was like, this has to be our first real episode of Shoot the Flick. <coughs> oh, excuse well, like, me. My introduction to the Muppets was actually Muppet Treasure Island. I also lo- I have that as well. I have Muppet so, Treasure Island as well like, on DVD. Mu- I absolutely, I really love that movie too. M- Muppet Treasure Island and then uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Tim fucking Curry. Oh man, he's unrecognizable. Tim Curry in that movie. Oh yeah, unrecognizable. Well, I, I recognize he's Tim Curry. Well, now I do, but as a kid, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Oh yeah, well, <laughs> he's just like crazy. It's he looks really like different. Tim Curry has always been great, yeah. but that, that that's we're and not then, talking about Muppet. <laughs> yeah, and then Muppet Treasure, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol as well. I I also own. <laughs> I like the Muppets. Okay. Well, yeah, and then, then but, when they yeah. rebooted the Muppets of Steven Seagal, not, no, not Steven Seagal. <laughs> Jason Siegel, you idiot. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Sorry. Oh, God. Um, and now imagine that when we do put, as we put that quote in, you have to now imagine Steven Seagal like saying that to Kermit. <laughs> so, yeah, I really love this movie, guys. Like, this, if you haven't seen this, I, like, I know The Muppets isn't everybody's cup of tea, and that's fine. I totally get it. Yeah. But, like, if you're down to, like, just chill and, like... Down to clown. Yeah, if you're down to clown, if you're down to chill and, like, just kind of turn your... Not turn your brain off, but, like, it's just a, relax. Just it's have a, fun. It's a fun, goofy movie. And know yeah. what? As you said, the message is really good. The message of, yeah. you know, just be have a good time. Just it's a very yourself, just... Henson movie in that it, it just encourages art and believing in your dreams and going for them that's what i like i mean it might be a little schmaltzy sure but i dig it man and like when you realize like who it was made Mm -hmm. by this man did follow his dreams and did follow his art and his artistry and made this like empire basically like it's hard not to be by like warned by that It, it it makes me always wonder like if Jim Henson was still around today, like, what would the Muppets be doing now? Mm-hmm. Or, like, like where would they show up randomly? Like, he was always, he's, you know, between Sesame Street, between the Muppets, mm-hmm. like, he's been around in our lives for so long. Like, it's weird not thinking, like, him, um, our, nah, uh, Mel Blanc. Yeah, Mel Blanc. Uh, Walt Disney. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Like, these, some of these people who have been around our lives for, like, ever, and sometimes you wouldn't even know yeah. their names because but they like, were characters. But, like, yeah, but there's the, to- the characters are so timeless that they their mark has been made, like, forever. That's a lot of... I feel like a lot of artists kind of 
talk about that and make their art like about that, like leaving a legacy behind. And what are you going to leave behind you when you when you're gone? Yeah. Um, so I think that's really very. It's very powerful. It's a lot more powerful than you would expect out of a movie with a frog and a bear. Let's say that. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you would recommend Scott? I would recommend the Muppet movie. It was a lot of fun. I I had a good time. And you know what? Yeah. It. As you said, it's not really a plot-heavy movie. It's not one of those movies. But you can sit there and have fun with it and enjoy the music for the most part. Again, like... The music music is really fun. I really enjoy it. They actually did when the newer Muppet movie came out with Jason... Oh, I'm sorry. Steven Seagal. (laughs) Jason Seagal. Steven Seagal. Um, When the newer movie came out, they kind of did a Muppet... Green album, I think it's called, where yeah. they kind of uh, redid Some a lot of the songs. Of the songs. Yeah. yeah, they redid Mary Moon Connection. They did uh, Moving Right Along. Yeah, but yeah, they did a lot of the songs from this movie, and it was really, it's really fun. So check that out too, because it's really fun. And also, if you want to learn more about like Henson and the Henson Company, um, check out his biography written by Brian J. Jones. It's literally just Jim Henson yeah. by Brian J. Jones. It's like a fantastic book. I actually cried while reading it. So uh, I highly recommend that yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, it definitely, again, there are going to be some songs that, again, you got the two classics. Rolf's mm-hmm. song is great. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Piggy song's okay. And It's really like the one classic. I would say the one classic. Because, I mean, the other ones I feel like not a lot of people know. But Move Along, I feel like. It's that, a- one, that one would be, Moving Right Along would be the second one. But I would I wouldn't even say a lot of people know that one either. But Rainbow Connection, everybody knows. Well, yeah, Rainbow. Well, because Rainbow Connection has been parodied and joked right, about. Yeah, yeah. Hell, Family Guy did the joke <laughs> about where the one guy, <laughs> the African American guy, is coming in the Kermit Swamp as he's uh, singing Rainbow Connection, oh, <laughs> and God, yeah. Kermit points a shotgun at him, tells him to get out. We love that. We love a racist Kermit. Uh, but you know what? Even like with all the jokes, Kermit the Frog. Jim Henson, all the, all the characters in this have made an, a lasting impact, and that is the best part. It could be shared. We're going to share this with our kids, and they're going to love it eventually. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to show my kids the Muppets, for sure. So, you know, and that's what we look forward to next. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, this is a, this has been a shoot the flick, guys. This has yes. been really fun. Uh, I can't wait to do this again. Scott's going to torture me, I'm sure, with something that uh, he's going to show me. Torture. It's not torture. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we'll see you next time with a brand spanking new movie, all right? Yes. All right. Bye, guys.